What's up, guys? Jay Daniel here with my co-host, Victor Marshall, and this is the Sales at Home podcast, where we What's talk about sales, recruiting, and high ticket. How you doing, friend? Good, man. Good, good, good. So I'm pretty excited to talk about what we're talking about right now. You were just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was ranting. Let's jump into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to rant. Like, guys, follow-ups, <laughs> like, 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 follow-ups... 95% of the time, especially in the industry where it's more like it's a legit transformation, right? Like transforming your business, scaling your business ads, like it's all bullshit. It is absolutely in 100% unequivocal bullshit, right? People are going to say stuff like, oh, our fulfillment, you know, we're going to dial some stuff in and then we'll be, we're going to be ready to start. People are going to say, oh, you, you know, I, uh, I want to, I want to get, you know, ads and let, let me just work on what we have now and then we'll start. People will say, oh, I, I, I don't, I, I want to be able to make the full payment. Let me start in a week. And then they disappear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so what's happening right if you if you really think about it from a psychological aspect if you did everything you possibly could on the sales call here's what's happening you've created a moment where they could possibly change right really step into the new identity like make the change and start working from there right this is the time where they're actually going to make a change because if they go back to what they've always done they're going to get what they've always had right the familiar familiarity breeds comfort and we don't do like hard shit from a place of comfort right so right. like the sales call is the only time when they're going to actually make a decision. If they get off that call, 90% of the time your prospects are done, they are gone. And if you value your time as a fucking sales rep, it makes no sense to book a follow-up or, or anything unless it's very, very, very clear that it's logistical, right? Mm -hmm. Unless it's very, very clear that it is impossible for them to act because of real life factors. And what a lot of people do is they'll create factors that aren't really real because they're scared of change. Mm -hmm. And you you can't be scared of addressing that, right? Like it's not, bro, tell me not. 99% of the time, yeah. it's absolute. The shit people will make up to yeah. not have to put up money and get out of their comfort zone is actually insane. Tell me not. Yeah, I think a lot of times if someone's putting up a, I have to think about it, or they just don't want it. You haven't proven enough that this is something that they need, or this is something that they could use to better their lives, or for whatever reason, your job in the sales call was not done correctly, or they were never going to buy in the first place. Or okay. people, go ahead. I want to add. I want to add one more thing to that as well, right? Because I think, like, as a sales rep, you can still do everything in your power get all the emotional hotspots and the reason to change and tie them down to it and get them to really kind of talk themselves into it. And, but that, that's us leading them to the water, right? Yeah. I, I think like, like you said, right, there's some people that are never going to buy until you change, like truly change their perspective, right? Like truly change it. And then you have to use everything they've told you as ammunition for them to change, right? Remind them. Because I think when they see the price, when they're confronted with the with the actual reality of having to take money out of their bank account and do something uncomfortable, I, I think people like freak out and they forget everything you talked about. I think you have to remind them of everything. But even then, like the, like, like the amount of... Like it, 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 it boggles my mind that the second that true commitment is, 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 is brought up into the conversation, right? Like actually putting skin in the game, like every, like every single time there's going to be the fear and the resistance and people running away, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause that is our job, right? Yeah. 10% of people buy on the spot, 10% of people are never going to buy, 80% are probably going to be like, iffy, iffy, let's do a follow-up, which means just bullshit. They're gone um you know yeah i think i think you have to get into the mind of the prospect you've got right. to realize that there's a couple things coming into play there's pride yeah. of this guy's seeing me laid bare and he's telling yeah. me that this is the next step to to be better but i'm too yeah. proud to admit that there's fear there's indecision some people are just indecisive by nature and will never make a decision it's they're always going to be people who are are fumbling and stumbling because they just will not make a decision. And yep. that indecision is is cramping their growth. It's it's right. really like like hindering them from from getting better and going further. And it's like that pride, that fear, that indecision. And some people are just they they are just not curious enough 
into what their life will look like. Right. They're, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, let me get on this call so I can just kind of dip my toe in the water, like you said. But right. I'm never really going to jump in. I have a full yeah. suit on. I'm not getting in the water with a full suit on. I'm just going to yeah. dip my toe in and just see what's going on, just so yeah. I can kind of have an idea. If I, if I wanted to make this decision later, I could. Yeah. And it's that cost of time. It's the cost of, it's not just the money that, that they're, they're losing. They're not losing just the money that they're going to gain. They're losing that time. They're losing that peace of mind. They're losing that growth in not making a decision. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are stuck in that indecision matrix where it's like right. red pill, blue pill. I'm going to take neither and just kind of watch and see what happens. And then you end up in the same place where you were a year from now. Uh. It, it, it's it's funny because people think not making a decision is not making not making a decision is making a decision it's making yeah. a decision to stay where you are and yeah i think um you know i think our job on the sales call is to make not making a decision more painful than doing something mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it, it's just fascinating because if, if you look at the people who are successful in most courses or even coaching programs or anything in general bro like i've noticed like seeing people who succeed in different like programs and stuff like you you can tell when somebody's going to succeed course or not. Yeah. Right. And those people are the ones where it's like, okay, cool. Like, and you know what I mean? Like those people are the ones where it's like, okay, cool. If you do the coaching, if you do the course, if you get the help, you're going to get there way faster, but you're going to get there on by yourself. Right. Maybe it'll take a year or two, but you're going to get there because yeah. you just have like, it's obvious to tell, dude, I think 80%, I think like a very large percent of people are just full of shit and they're never going to, until they really, really have something traumatic happen. They're just never going to succeed, bro. And, and like, fuck it. It. but and fuck it. Right. Like I'll take your money, dude, whatever. Like it's on you for being a bitch and, and not caring. You know what I mean? Like, like not really having the drive to do what's required. Right. Even though you're getting all the tools. So it, it's, it's fascinating. Right like kind of our role in that and I'm, I'm i'm always curious to know like have it like how, how big of an impact will that conversation that we have with them be you know because some people like it changes the trajectory of their life some people they they get hyped up like a tony robbins seminar right you, you freaking just like you just taught them about like how to make decisions and they're pumped and then a week later they go back to their bullshit right so it's it's fascinating to me um yeah it was, they, they don't want it they don't want it they don't want to make yeah. the change so it's like a lot of people will come into something thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, sales is a perfect example. A lot of new closers come into the sales industry and they're like, hey, I'm here to make money. I'm here to make, you know, 10K a month. And then they get in the space and they don't want to do what's required to get there. Or, or they talk to somebody who could help them do that and they don't want to make that decision. It's 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 like, I don't want to be sold but you're in a sales position or you're trying to be in a sales position in a sales industry and you don't want to be sold. Bad prospects make really bad salespeople. And so it's like, if you're, if you're the type of person who's going to come into something because it's the new fad or it's the big thing that's catching on, then a lot of those people are going to fall off. And we saw the sales industry. A lot of the people came in with the inbound closer craze and everybody wants to make money online. Everybody wants to be home and be remote, but you come in and it's like, oh, I actually have to do work. I actually have to find opportunities. I actually have to like, that's just hard, dude. <laughs> I actually have to better myself. I actually have to develop yeah. personally in order to get this done. Like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to do it. And then what happens a month from now, they're like, oh guys, I'm out of sales. I'm, I'm falling out of the industry, having either made money or not made any money at all but it's, right. it's a constant grind. Right. No, dude, it's a grind across. It's a grind getting a, like a good client that you can close for and retaining them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it's, it's a grind, like closing, right. Like most people are like, if I just get a good gig where I can close and develop, I'll be good. But no, dude, like I, I'm in my second week on this offer. I'm taking eight calls a day and it's, it's tough, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get, you have three calls that are absolute bullshit in a row. And, and then you look at your calendar, you got five more. You're like, fuck, you know, and, and it, it like it's hard it's hard across the board but like that's what it takes to make 10 grand 20 you know what i mean like to make six yeah. figures bro like and it's it's yeah. i just don't i think a lot of people just aren't built like that bro like you don't get money without work somebody worked for it even <laughs> if it was handed to you somebody worked for it no bro it happens in 21 days magically <laughs> <laughs> it's, it just magically happens dude and what, I, what i think is funny too is is a lot of these people come in and they think 
oh yeah, I'm going to come in and I'm going to, I'm going to work for this business because this business owner is like making a bunch of money. And a lot of these business owners are trying their best to take an idea that they had and make it work. They're putting in that grind, right? So if yeah. you're going to come in and expect to just be spoon fed by them and not put in the same level of grind, then what are you doing? 100%. Like you're, you're not contributing. You're not giving value anymore. You're just leeching. Yeah. Right? And oh, it, it's crazy how many leeches there are in the sales industry. In general, bro. Yeah. Most like in general. And I think um in large part, like I think it's interesting, right? Cause I, I, it's almost like society makes people like that. Like just dependent, right? Like just, just suck in the nipple, bro. Um, you know what I mean? Like, well, like, that's where the money's at. Yeah, that's true. That's where the control is at, bro. That's where the power is at. Making people yeah. dependent on you. All this, all this shit about like, hey, here's a, here's a, here's a check, right? Like, let's shut down your business, and and, and you can, you have to follow the rules and, and free money so you can vote for me. It, it's 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 a it's a control game, but it's like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people come to the industry without change, like still thinking like that, like looking for a handout, and, and those are the people that get fucked um you, you know what i mean bro because even even like because i've been on a couple of different offers where we're doing biz up you, you know what i mean like like start an amazon store or learn a new skill learn trading learn this learn that and it, it, it they think it's a hand dude you can't pay somebody 20 grand to like make like make you a better person you you need to like you, you know what i mean do the work yeah 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 and, and um it's an odd dichotomy this yeah story make money online, start a business, join sales. Like it's an odd dichotomy because you're trying to leave that controlled nine to five controlled working for the man controlled corporate life. And you're trying to build something on your own. That's going to last you and, and, you know, take care of your family forever and something that you can grow and be proud of. So you're coming from this, trying to build something better and, the problem is you're taking all of the same concepts and all of the same ideologies that you had in that nine to five, and you're trying to bring it into something that's going to grow and make your family better. Yep. But growing, you weren't growing in that nine to five. You weren't growing in that corporate structure. You were staying stuck on that cog and just going and going and going and going and going and getting nowhere. And now you're trying to bring that into your own business. You're trying to bring that into uh, your own, you know, online remote work. And you're just stuck in the same cog over and over and over again because you're not willing to do the extra work. It's harder to be a remote worker, to start your own business, to be in sales than it is to go work for somebody for 40 years and clock in and clock out. Yeah, You could do the most back-breaking work over here in, at a nine-to-five at a corporate structure, clock in, clock out for 40 years. That's still easier than coming over here into the remote space and building a business or sales or you know marketing or whatever it is that you're doing in the remote space it's a lot harder over here than it is in that corporate structure you know what the contrast i feel like i feel like the contrast is like it's like going from being in the zoo where all the food is brought to you you just kind of got to sit there and chill right and not really have a lot of muscle or not really be that intimidating because everything's being done for you to having to legitimately hunt like fucking hunt you, you know what i mean um, it's interesting too, because this is the conversation we have with prospects. Like, hey, buddy, like you've been operating a business that makes 10k a month. You take home three for the last two years. Like, mm-hmm. until you start acting like that seven figure dude, it's not going to happen. And I think it's the same thing across the board, right? You gotta yeah. you, like to grow. You do need to become somebody else. And I think yeah. that's like, um, you know, what's interesting too, bro. Because I'm noticing like the more sales calls I take, like the more, the more not not disagreeable, but like. The more, I guess, curious, like skeptical and curious I am, right? Like anytime I hear anything, I just feel the urge to like challenge it or like question it, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting, right? Because I can almost feel myself like changing, like the more of these conversations I have, it's like, you wouldn't be comfortable? What are you talking about? Right? Like anything I hear, yeah. I just feel the urge to challenge yeah. it, you know? I feel the same way with talking to uh, salespeople looking for jobs. Yeah. I feel the same way. I'm like, okay. All right, you fed me that same line through six other people. You know, I've heard the uh, same thing all day. So tell right. me what's really going on. Tell me what. Uh, oh, the whole. I'm so good. I promise you, I'm an A player. I promise you, I can. I can deliver. It reminds me of when I first tried to start my agency back in 2020. Right, I had this guy from Nigeria hit me up, and he was like, 
I can close 80% of your calls. I guarantee well, it. Show me that way. I was like, I was like, I was like, 80% of my calls, right? He's like, yeah. I can close 80% of your deals. Well, I was do I was running a cold calling agency at the time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. 80% of my calls, sure. Great. First of all, you don't even know what I do. You don't even know who I am. You don't even know what's going on with me. So for you to come in and say, oh, I can close 80% of those calls, that's hilarious to me, right? So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, no thanks, see you, dude, like, whatever, like, I completely shut that down. But that's what you're saying, like, you're, you're questioning everything that's coming in, because a lot of people are feeding you with what they think you want to hear. And yeah. that's what it is, like, I don't need you to tell me what I want to hear. I need you to tell me the, the truth. Yeah. Tell me what's really going on. Because I can't help you if you don't tell me the truth. Because if you don't tell me the truth, I'm going to put you in an opportunity that you're going to be required to live up to the, the line you just fed me, right? Okay. And if you can't do that, that's bad on me, it's bad on you, and it's bad for that business. And then I'm never going to work with you again, you know? So it's like, I'm over here trying to protect my pipeline and my line of of, of credit with these businesses, you know? And yeah. it's like, so as you come in as a salesperson and you're telling me that you can do X, Y, and Z, well, you better do X, Y, and Z. Because if I put you in a place that requires X, Y, and Z and you can't do it, that's a problem, right? Yeah. All you all you fucks that are watching this, I mean, you're not fucks, you're great loyal subscribers. But everybody who's watching, if you're looking for a gig, like Victor is literally a recruiter. Anytime I talk to a business owner that needs closers, I send him to Victor. Victor has connections up the ass and he's talking to closers all day and placing them. Like, listen to how he's thinking before you reach out and, and try to and say some bullshit. Like, hey, place me. I'm, you know, I'm 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 top for you. I watched Andrew Tate, you know. <laughs> I watched Andrew Tate. I'm, I'm it's I'm like, yeah, I can tell, I can tell anything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like it, it's definitely bro um yeah. and that, that's huge right um yeah it, it's it's crazy bro it's like it's literally um you you just i guess your 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 detector almost gets like like sharpened right the, yeah. because most people it's actually fascinating too because like you you start to notice things bro like today i was talking to like not like now like i i see red flags so quickly bro Mm -hmm. I see red flags so quickly, like, and, and, and that's why I was kind of like mad that I, should, I was a little late to this call. Cause like today I had, um, I had like two or three people, bro, that came into the call like 10 minutes late. Right. Yeah. They were like, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, nah, buddy, we got to reschedule. Like, that's not yeah. okay. Yeah. You, you know, and it's, it's like, but you can identify the red flags. You can like, you can, you can start to kind of see things yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's, it's true, bro. Like, no, nothing's nothing's ever as it seems and, and a lot of people put up a front um yeah i'm uh, i want to change i'm pumped i'm the shit and and then like you you know what i mean like it, it's it's interesting because you start being able to pick apart like within three or four minutes this person's probably gonna like give some kind of like you know they're probably gonna like defer responsibility they're probably gonna give some kind of like mindset bullshit objection like even though they're saying all the right things, it's just obvious, you know? Right. And I, and I think, I think that's across the board, right? Like when you're doing recruiting, you can tell if you talk to a sales rep and it's like, yeah, th this guy's probably never closed a gig before. And he, yeah. he just bought a course and it's very yeah. obvious. And that's the funny right. thing is there's like six courses. So <laughs> like there's like six courses. So I know what you're going to say before you say it. Like, yeah. I know the line you're going to give me. I know and I can almost tell who you came from by how you say it. So it's like, okay, all right. Thank you for giving me that line. Thank you for, you know, walking through your script. Now, let me ask you a question that I know you're not going to answer. And let me figure out what it is that you really need and what I can really do for you. Because a lot of people think, oh yeah, let me, let me get a job. Let me get a job. Let me get a job. And they try to like, puff themselves up to look like something that they're not right and left on red. Yeah. Cause it's like, that's great that you have all these accolades and that you feel like you can do all this stuff. But if you could really do all that stuff, then you could, you should be able to go out and find somebody who needs it. You shouldn't be coming to me as a recruiter. And like they'd be presenting themselves differently too, bro. Exactly. Exactly. 
Like, like you can tell when somebody knows how to close just how they talk to you, bro. Right. Real recognizes <laughs> real, right? Like like yeah. like Wayne says, real G's move in silence like lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like there's there's no need for me to tell you I'm everything if if I'm if I'm everything. If I'm everything, you're gonna know it. And you're going to want it. You're going to want it in your company because I'm going to present myself that way. I'm going to make sure that you see me that way because that's my reputation. And my reputation speaks a lot louder than a piece of paper with a bunch of letters and, and, and numbers on it. So I think that, that, that it's a funny, it's a funny thing recruiting because you're dealing with a lot of people who are trying to get there. And I respect it. I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. But what it baffles me, honestly, and I might I might be shooting myself in the foot here, but it baffles me as a recruiter that some people will come to me and say, hey, I've got 20 years or 10 to 15 years of experience. I've closed $3 million, like all of this stuff. And why are you coming to me, a lowly recruiter in a company that you probably haven't heard of before? Why are you coming to me asking me for some of my positions? You should be able to be anywhere you want because of the skill you have. But you don't have the the know-how because you're stuck in that nine to five mentality of, oh, let me just go and apply and get a job that you don't have the know-how to go out and create it for yourself. Because there's plenty of people who are less skilled than you that are creating a lot better positions than you because they know how to put themselves out there. You know, you know what's interesting about that too, bro? Like what you just said about like somebody, you know, somebody says they have a lot of experience and they're really good and yeah. look me up, right? Like that natural skepticism you get, like, dude, why aren't you already in a fucking gig if you're so fucking good, right? Mm -hmm. The sales call, like, 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 here, here's what people don't understand. The, that's the sales call. The sale is you like buying into them, right? And I don't think yeah. people understand that, right? Like, if if a recruiter, like, it, like, if you have that natural skepticism, they should be able to identify this guy thinks I'm full of shit. And and before you say like I'm full of shit, let me explain. Like mm -hmm. th this is what's going on. I'm interviewing five different companies. I'm looking for a really good one. My friend spoke really highly of you. Yeah. And so I'm not even here asking for a job. I'm actually wanting to have a professional conversation to identify if there's a way where we could potentially work together. Right. But I'm I'm really here. I'm just really trying to like network and add value. And you know, what's funny about that? Oh, I, I love that because it's like, uh -huh. it's like, that's the difference between a great closer, like a, like a, a top performer and somebody in a top offer, mm -hmm. somebody who's doing like there are companies out there who are set up so sweet that you can just walk in off the street and close deals. Right. And they've set it up so sweet. And that's awesome. I love that. I love companies like that because it gives people who have less skill the chance to grow and develop and, and thrive. Right. It's yeah. their performance. They get to go in there and perform and get better. Right. Yeah. But take that rep in that job, that offer and send him somewhere else. He's fucked. He, he's lost. <laughs> send him to because, the pipeline. <laughs> because he can't think for himself. He's too stuck on, on the script. He's too stuck on the process. And he needs somebody to hold his hand and walk him through it until he gets his, gets his bearings. Granted, you're always going to have that, that ramp up period. You know, in a, in a new offer, you're always going to be able like need the time to get like, acclimated. Yeah, but, man, I, bro, I've seen killers get on an offer, bro, and within two weeks they're cut, they're closing ten deals a yeah, week. Yeah, it's still it's still two weeks, you know? but still, like that's yep, because yep. they know what they're doing inside and out, not just yep. they know the offer inside and out. They right. know they know the sales conversation inside and out. They understand the things that we're talking about. Yep. So when I have somebody come to me that's like you know, I'm, I'm closing 3 million or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the conversation is flat. The conversation is ended. Like yep. there's no push and pull. There's none of that like sales power that you have on a sales call. Like, I'm like, okay, I don't believe you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I go to the I don't gym. Believe I go like, to the gym six days a week. Lying. <laughs> I've been going to the gym six days a week for the last 10 years. Come watch me bench 135 for one. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, dude, you can tell. Like, just look at yeah. Like, you can tell, like, within five minutes. Like, they, like, dude, once you take enough sales calls, within three or four minutes, you can tell, like, what objection they're going to give. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you know what's funny too on the on the transverse side you can be yeah. brand new to sales 
and have those qualities that you can control a conversation that you can walk in and you're going to be good. Yep. So you can have those qualities and be brand new and, and be fresh into sales. And somebody looks at you and you're like, man, this guy's going to kill it. Or this girl's going to kill it. And a lot of times it's the women. They're like, yep. she's going to kill this job. She's going to kill an offer. And she's going to kill this industry, dude. I've got like six that just popped into my head right now. That mm-hmm. I'm like, first time I talked to them, male and female, I was like, man, they're going to do crazy things. I'm jealous of their potential. And it's like, I would much rather place that person that has zero experience, but tons of potential because they can acclimate to the sales process in themselves before they acclimate to somebody else's sales process Mm -hmm. that I'd much rather place them than somebody who's like, yeah, I've been selling for 20 years and I've sold $5 million and you know what? I'm still coming to you because I'm coming to you month after month after month because I can't find an opportunity. You know what it is, bro? You know what's funny, too? Um, it, it's almost like, so let's say you're running a company, right? And you get a 20-year-old that knocks on your door and says, hey, let me get a job. Mm-hmm. I was working at this place for two years. It didn't really work out. And, and like, here I am, right? And then you get it, right? You're like, okay, cool. He's young. He's learning. You know, he has the right qualities. Let's let him in. You get a guy who's 30 who's knocking on your door right? He's like, Hey, let me in. I had a kind of a corporate background. I worked here and whatever. I worked these places and, you know, I need a place. You're like, right. It's like a semi entry level job. You're like, okay, um, yeah. sure. C- c- come on board. We'll, we'll try you out for a bit. Right. Okay. And you get a guy who's 40, right. 20, like he's coming in for an entry level spot, right. Some semi entry, right. He's like, and he's just coming in like, yeah, you know, I had, I had this background work for these companies, whatever here I am. Like you're, you're almost going to be like so much more skeptical. So you have 20 years experience and, and you're looking for an entry level position. Like what's going on, dude? Like what have you been doing for the last 20 years? Right. It's almost a detriment when somebody has a lot of experience, but they haven't like yeah. achieved, you, you know what I mean? They haven't achieved much. Cause let's, they, let's break it down even further. It's uh-huh. like, let's, let's go basketball with it. Right. Yeah, I'm the Golden State Warriors. Do I want Kevin Durant over Jordan Poole? No, <laughs> no, I don't. Why? Why don't I want that? Yes, yes, Kevin Durant was great, mm-hmm. back, great for you back in eighteen nineteen or seventeen eighteen, but now he's proven he's got all this experience, he's got all this skill, he's got all this 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 talent, but the way he's led his teams, the way that things have gone for him whatever like that's over there but you've got this young bright talent who's shown a lot of promise who's shown that he can work in your system who's shown that he's the next thing coming up in in your organization would you make a trade that you lose that bright next future talent just to bring somebody in who's may or may not perform no but i think with that analogy bro i think katie's gonna perform he's just kind of full of shit Things aren't going good. Let me change team. But like, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Reputation comes in, bro. That dude doesn't matter. Here's the thing though. Like you have, you have, you've got one player who is so hungry, and so like he's showing you he's hungry. He's he's developing. He's getting better. He's contributing to your wins, right? right. You've got another player who was doing great for you in your system, and that's great. You know you have a good system. Right. So you can almost plug anyone into that system. Right. But you put them outside of your system and nothing's happened. Bounced out of out of the playoffs twice, you know, swept this last season. So it's like it's like so you, you you've got that dichotomy going on where it's like new, fresh, like it works. And then you've got this guy who's got all this talent, all this ability, but. It's like, do I want to lose all of this talent to bring him in? Do I want to? Do I want to bring that back into this organization, just because he's got all this talent and he may or may not be good for me? He may get injured. He may this. He may that. Or am I going to stick with this young, fresh talent? And a lot of, I know we're talking about NBA, but a lot of teams are thinking that. Like, do I bring KD in to lose all of my talent, even though he's got all of this this skill, he's got all these accolades, but there's no performance like right. he's, there's there's no championships besides the ones with, with golden state right you know what it is too i think um 
like depending on your age people look for different shit right like yeah. when you're younger they're looking for potential does this person have the attributes to develop right because i think the beauty of somebody being younger is they have less like bad experiences and trauma even even women right like like in, no offense to any like women watching but like you know what i mean like dude if, like a, a chick who's in her 20s is a little bit younger that hasn't had a whole lot of trauma it's probably gonna give you less headaches than one that's like in her 30s that's been with a bunch of guys and had a bunch of heartbreak right i, I, think I don't know dude <laughs> i don't know about that but it, 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 it's, it's, i don't know maybe maybe I, maybe i've just been traumatized right but like if you think about but if you think about it from like you know yourself being a recruiter or like a business owner viewpoint right like when somebody's younger we don't you don't really expect them to be a beast but you do look for the ability to develop them and when yeah. somebody's older like they almost need to already be a beast so it's a balance of like you, you know yeah. what i mean depending on where your career is it's a balance of like having like the skill versus having the potential right and i don't think it's just it's just age i think it's also time in the industry too if you're younger in the industry that that i think there's a certain there's a certain window in age where if you're younger in the industry then they're looking to develop you as well especially right. if that talent is there especially if that budding talent is there and if you've been in, if you tell me you've been in the industry for five years and your performance is, is trash, I'm going to question a lot. I'm yeah. going to question your ability because, I mean, you can almost stumble into, into sales in five years being in sales. You can stumble into a position where you start to make some money. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can, you can, you know, mess around and get a triple double and end up in, in, in sales. Like over a period sure. of time, like you can network your way into some good positions that yeah. you get some good experience. So if you haven't done that and you've been in the industry for five plus years, like something's wrong. Right. Like something's in oh. like, like wrong out of the core level, like something's off about you. And I think, I think that's like, that adds to the argument of, um, there's a book by uh, Dean Graziosi. It's called Millionaire Success Habits. Yeah, I knew you were going to talk about Dean Graziosi's book. Yeah. And, and and he talks, like, that's, like, literally the first chapter of his book. Yeah. You know, he's talking about the guy who's a billionaire, right? But when he was working for, for a dollar an hour, right, he outworked everybody. And the owner was like, dude, there there is no way I can't give you a raise right now. This is incredible. You have such mm -hmm. a work ethic and I'm paying you a dollar an hour, right? And it's like, I think you need to maximize whatever position or company you get into because like, like that, like, dude, five, like you, the next company you go to, like, like that, like that is literally like you. Right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, if you go for five years and, and you're not getting better, if you go for five years and you're not getting results, like a, a business, that's an instant red flag, bro. Like, you know, earlier we talked about you get the objection in your head, right? Mm -hmm. And you start hearing shit like that's an instant objection. You're almost cre you're, you're almost creating objections in their head, right? Oh, yeah. Most objections, like mo most objections are caused like by the sales rep. Yeah. And, and, and so like, it, it's, it's, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. I, and it's just one of those things where you're like, you know what, as a sales rep coming in, or as a business owner, like trying mm -hmm. to come into a call and and let me figure out who am I? What do I need? What is it going to take to get me there? Mm -hmm. And I act on those things, right? I act on those things and I get better and I develop, whether that's through buying a course, whether that's through my own self-work, whether that's through, you know, some mentorship or some coaching, what whatever that is. If I'm really trying to be successful, I've got to first do an inventory of who I am, what I need to be better, like where am I failing, what I need to be better, and then find how I can be better at it. If you yeah. can do that, and if you can you can exude that when you're on these calls, it's going to help you tremendously. Like in your own personal life, figure that out. Because how, like you said, you start to notice things not just on sales calls, but everywhere right? It becomes a part of your life. You start to see, hold on, let me argue this point better. Let me understand this decision before I make it. Let me try to understand this person over here's point of view on why they're doing what they're doing that's upsetting me or why they're doing what they're doing that's 
that's causing some some friction in the family or whatever it is. Let me let me focus more on what's actually going on around me. And that's that's what the personal development side of sales does for you. It helps you to you, develop into that person who can view everything from a phone, view everything from a phone call, right? In that same lens. Yeah, everywhere, bro. It, it's in, it's um. Have you ever read the book uh, 177 Mental Strategies of the World Class? No, I haven't. Very, very good book that I think everybody should read. It talks about the difference between professionals and amateurs. Mm. And I think one of the biggest differences between like amateurs and professionals is like amateur, like professionals see everything, bro. Yeah. And they're thinking 10 steps ahead, like, like freaking chess, like grandmasters think 11 to 15 steps into the future. Right. Another great book by Patrick Bet David, right? Your next five moves. Like, like when when you truly become a professional, like you, 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 you start to see things. You somebody's talking, you're like, okay, cool. So kind of the, the human need that they have is this. They're seeking this by saying that. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like they're seeking this. They're this kind of person. This is what they value. Right. You yeah. can almost predict what somebody's going to do, right? And I think that's like that. That's the evolution you get when you start doing a lot of a lot of sales. Like you start to hear somebody talk, and you hear every single word. And you you know you know like a lot of people that aren't really super social, like they struggle to have a conversation. Like that completely goes away because you can have a conversation off each and every single word that somebody says. Yeah. Like I, I used to do a lot of freestyling, right? And um, like one, and I don't really do it anymore really but like one thing i I noticed even in that right like even in that was like it it got to the point where you can like connect like any word to like any word right and and come up with literally like a million variations at once and i think the same thing happens with your ability to have conversations in sales every single word somebody says you can interrupt them and build a conversation on what do you be comfortable hold on you said this what, where's that coming from? And because you understand that like words, like every word that somebody says, bro, it, it, it's like a label. And mm-hmm. underneath that label, if you open the box, you have the true meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Every single word, you can unpack any word, bro, and control like people's mental journey. Cause you understand like not to take anything at face value. Yeah. No. Um, and, and that's the difference between, like you said, being a professional and being an amateur. And when you're a professional, it you exude professionalism. It's right. like it's like you know like um, and 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 the the difference is is drastic. Yeah, the difference between professionals and amateurs is drastic. Brian, one of my favorite stories and that I, that I've ever read is is Brian Scalabrini, uh, the White Mamba. Mamba. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing in a rec. He was playing in like a rec league and some like high school graduate top whatever was like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm gonna bust on you. Like he's like, I, I got you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you in, in basketball, like one on one. Yep, yep. And Scalabrini said to him, he's like, saw the video. Yeah, he, he's he's like, I am one of the, the least skilled players in the NBA, and I'm still a hundred times better than you. <laughs> like that's the, that's the difference between professionals and amateurs and it's like amateurs will do things like get on a, a call and be like hey i'm just so passionate about this opportunity to make all this money blah blah blah, blah. and bro you telling me you're passionate is telling me you're not passionate if you were passionate, I would be able to smell it on you. It'd be so, the passion would be so there that I couldn't, I could cut it with a freaking butter knife. You're telling me the most redeeming quality you've gotten over your entire sales career is that you're fucking passionate, you, you fucking simpleton, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to talk about my mastery yeah. over this skill set or an amazing, like, like, accolade that I've gotten. And how I could do that for you because I know that you value this because I asked you the question showing my skill. No, no, no. I'm passionate. You know? Yeah, I, I despise that word. I despise hungry that word. AF, bro. Hungry AF. Hungry and passionate. I really do not like when people describe it of themselves. Yeah. They're, they're like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so passionate. I'm like, first of all, they're buzzwords. And 
buzzwords are, are just annoying to me to hear on a sales call and, and on an interview. But like it's one of those things where if I had to tell my wife, oh, I'm so passionate about you. I'm so passionate about this relationship. If I've got to say it, she's going to look at me like, you're an idiot. Like, why are you telling me that? Like, you're not passionate about this. You're trying to fake something. You're trying to make me feel like you're passionate, but I know you're not. So if I have to tell you, then that means I'm doing something wrong, right? You should be thinking it of me. You should be like, I should be like, man, Jay Daniel's so passionate about sales. Jay Daniel's so hungry. Like, I just love the fire in him. I love the way that he does this, 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 that, that, and that. Like, I can see the passion pouring off of him. Sales is his passion, right? That should be something others say about you. He's so hungry about this. Like he's he's getting it. His drive is immaculate. Bro, Bro and, and, and to add to that, and this is where the psychology comes in, what sort of actions do I need to take? What sort of person do I need to be for for or like people to perceive me as yeah. the guy who fits yeah. the role, right? And when you start thinking like that, like that's when opportunities start to appear. Right. Because you're actually because the guy. That's when you start providing value. Yeah. Because you're like, how, what the type of person do I need to be to get this role? That's how you create roles for yourself. That's how you never have to apply for a job. That's how you network your way into a job. You say, okay, what does this business owner, what does J. Daniel Enterprises need me to be in order for me to get the job that I want? So come on down. Let me go and let me mimic that. Let me just put that on and emulate everything that he needs. So that way, when he turns around, he sees me. When he's sleeping, he sees me. When he closes his eyelids, I'm on the back of his eyelids. Like, let me make sure that I'm everything that he needs. So let me just start by doing boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, you've become the position. You've become the job. You've become the person to fill that spot. So it's really hard for a business owner to look away from someone who's provided so much value to them. Because they're like, all right, I need to fill this position and you've been filling that position for them, you've been showing them that you can do that, you've been like in their face, then like, hey, I got this for you, and they need to fill that position, they'll be hard pressed not to put you in that spot. Yeah. And for anybody listening too, right? Like, because I think it's easy um, to put like business owners, yeah. oh, those big, scary business owners, and put them into like a pedestal. Like, I think a really good hack for anybody when it comes to just conversations and like networking is like treat every single person like an empty canvas and just figure out what they value. You know, like that, like, like that, that's where you have power, like treat everybody like an empty canvas, like don't be different, just understand what they value. And then like, it allows you to anything you present, anything you talk about, you have the ability to present it in the best possible light because you know what they value. Right. Right. So people don't care about you. They care about themselves. And if, if you present what they value the most. Right. They're going to value you the most. Mm-hmm. Right. Dude, like like literally you're interviewing for a gig. There's five people applying for the spot. You have the least experience, but you match the things that the owner values. Mm-hmm. Right. Sales call. Right. Prospect has spoken to five different companies, but the one company, even though one company has way better testimonials and like it just makes the most sense logically like this, this one just just really kind of hit what they value. Right. And they mentioned what they value. Maybe they didn't even do their whole pitch because most pitches that I do, bro, I don't even cover all the deliverables. I just talk about what they value and Mm -hmm. and and talk about how it's going to get them the things they want and how it's going to get them away from like the pain. Right. Yeah. You treat every conversation like that empty canvas, right? Your interviews are going to go so much better. Your personal conversations go so much better. Your sales calls are turning. You don't get tired anymore because it's just a conversation. Right. And and it it just, it just like, I think that will transform the game for a lot of people because they, I, I see a lot of people putting a lot of pressure on on the sales calls and on the interviews and just chill the fuck out you know i, I think that's it's that's a marriage of ideals right it's a marriage of ideals and if if my ideals and my values align with your ideas and your values then we're good right and and we're gonna do great business together if, whether that's as a salesperson trying to get a job or a business owner trying to level up right yeah. it's a marriage of ideals and in a marriage the best way the marriage works is if i don't care about me i don't worry about me i worry about you and it's your job to worry about me and my job to worry about you, right? So as a, as a, as a coach, coaching this business on how to, you know, grow their marketing, for instance, right? My job is to worry about you 
and your job is to worry about me. So let's make sure that we worry about each other. And then when we do that, we're always in a constant motion of growth. And we're just right. in this cycle of just growth, upward, 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 upward. And all of a sudden, we look back and we're like, man, it's been 10 years and we're still together. We're still going strong. We're still killing it, right? It's it's a marriage of ideals. And, and you've got to think about, you, you can't think of going into it thinking about yourself and being selfish. If you're going into sales because you selfishly want something, you're going to fail. Because your job is not to do anything for yourself your job as a salesperson is to take problem and solution and be that bridge that brings problem to solution, right? Your job is to lay down flat and let the problem walk over you to reach that solution. Okay. I, I think there needs to be a level of awareness. Like, like, obviously, like, you know what I mean? Like, focus on the other person for sure. But I think you need to also be aware of what you are and what you're not. Yeah. Right. Because the guy with no experience shouldn't be saying I have experience because that's just bullshit. The guy who doesn't have any experience should be saying, not even saying I don't have experience. They should be saying I do have, right? And then insert the quality that the, the person is looking for, right? I, I think there needs to be a certain level of awareness of what you actually bring to the table. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, no, that's great. That's great. Like the question I get often when it comes to like coaching people through interviews uh-huh. how do I beat the experience objection? And the the funny thing to me is, is that's exactly what it is. It's an objection, right? So what are we as salespeople? We handle objections. That's our only job. So two ways you can do this. You can, first of all, do your research. Number one, research like crazy what the company needs what they're looking for, what their values are, what's their mission statement, what's their core values, what's what's their vision, like mm-hmm. where are they trying to go as a company, what are they looking for, what's the company, what do they value, right? What does the job post say that you applied for, or what does the you know what is the what are they looking for? Figure that out, and then when you get on that interview, you show who you are, yeah, as as it relates to what they're looking for, and you show you fill that pocket. You fill that pocket, you fill that pocket, you fill that pocket. So all of a sudden, when it comes time to say, hey, what's your experience level? You're like, wait, I there's no need because you've already shown you can fill all these pockets, right? Now you can do that before you ever get on an interview. And that's what we were just talking about, being valuable, yeah. valuable people, right? So you do that before you ever get on yeah. an interview. But if you're on an interview and you have no experience and somebody asks you what your experience level is, and you have not done your research and you have not shown that you can do that job, you've already lost. And now you're, you're backpedaling and you're like, oh man, I mean, how do I answer this? Well, I was a kid and I closed my mom on giving me cookies. And then in high school, I closed this girl and going to prom with me. Like you're, you're, you're reaching. Yeah, dude, you know, you know, what's it's funny about that too. Like if every objection is just a label on a box that we don't know the contents of, right? Like, well, what is like experience? Like, if you think about it, right? Why are they asking that? If you like, if you really think about it, right? It, are they actually looking for experience? Is experience the most important thing in their life that's going to change their situation, nope. right? Or are they looking for, for, for validation that you can actually get the job done because you haven't conveyed it? And you, yep. you made them doubt you, right? Yep. Like, and you can ask that. Like, you can literally say, okay, and, and just real quick, right? Because I, I know you said you're looking for experience and, and I want to, you know, make sure I understand like, like what that means. Like, are, like, are, are you, do you, when you ask that, are, are, do you mean like you're, um, I guess, looking for a way to know whether I can actually achieve the role? Yes. Okay, cool. So here's an example of how that would actually help you feel that way, right? Whatever, whatever, right? You can kind of relabel it or you can just ask, okay. And and I guess when you say you're looking for experience, like, can I ask why? Can I ask what's behind that? Like, and I think um, like what that does for you is like, it, it, it allows you to, it, number one, it, it changes the objection, yeah. right? It, it changes the objection. Like, because it, you, you, you'll be so surprised. Somebody gives you an objection and you just ask like what like what do you mean by that what's behind that and they say something completely different if you actually tried to handle the initial one guess what was going to happen you're back flat on your face yeah, yeah. right yeah. so 
So probe until like you actually understand the real objection and what they're really looking for and address yeah. that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the second way to handle it. You literally just ask questions and if you ask questions until you're clear on what they're actually trying to get. And, but thing is you can, you can completely avoid that by showing them that before you even get on the call. Yep. You can completely avoid the formal interview. You can completely avoid it whatsoever. You just have to make sure that you're showing them who you are, what you can do, and and how you can meet what they need. Because sales call, interview, you know, business owner trying to jump into whatever, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is relate to what they need, right? If I'm a salesperson and I'm talking to a business owner and I'm talking to them about buying a $50,000 you know, package and blah, 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 blah. And they're skeptical about it. If I give them what they need, if I show them what they need, that I have what they need, I've won that call, yeah. right? And and I show them what they need versus their trepidations about it, right? So if I'm a salesperson trying to get a job and I know what that company needs, and I also understand that they're going to have skepticism about me, if I show them that I can be exactly what they need, that skepticism that they had about me goes away. Yeah. And so it's it's the it's that that balance of just making sure that you're really in it. Making sure that you're really going to do the work to be good, to be great. Because you can you can get by, like I said, you can get by and stumble into into sales. But you can also fall really really hard and mess yourself up. But if you really want to be good at this, it's not difficult. It's, it's, it's simple. It's hard because you have to put the work in constantly, but the work is simple. The hard part is consistency and, and building that in and building your brand and, and building your skill set. But the, the skill set itself is simple. It's conversation. It's a conversation. All right, guys, this was fun. Hope you got some value out of this meeting, out of this video. We're going to be, uh, Jumping on here with a guest very soon, so stay tuned for more. Hasta vista. Hasta la vista. Hasta hey guys. <laughs>